0: Hey what's up everybody this is Charles Sabansi from The Dreamers Pro Show and we want to welcome you guys to The Dreamers Pro Podcast where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Let me get into this show. As you guys know um, I've been one of the people that's been pretty upset about this James Harden trade. Uh, i've been one of the people asking the question why did the clippers even decide to pull off this trade in the first place it made no sense to me when the idea was initially being floated and ever since the trade has gone down the clippers have not won a single game as a matter of fact the clippers have lost five games in a row i mean six games in a row excuse me and five in a row with james Harden. it's not working And various people out there in the sports media world are asking questions as to why this thing is even working. I was one of the first people, at least that I'm aware of, that said that the only way that I believe this thing can be salvaged is that uh, they need to find a way to bring James Harden off the bench. That you cannot, let me repeat, you cannot play Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the floor together. Because both of these guys are both ball dominant. So I didn't see the sense in tai lu trying to create this force uh chem this force chemistry on the on on the course so what happened uh this morning i woke up and i came across a segment from one of the channel's friends and uh you know one one of my new friends uh marcellus wiley and for just for maybe some of you guys who don't know we're planning to bring marcellus wiley on again one more time before the holidays so that's something that we're working on uh the last one was was the last time we brought him on the show was received very well so we're looking to do that again anyway So I was listening to him, and if you know anything about Marcellus Wiley, although he's a California native, you also know that he is a Clippers supporter, right? And we sometimes kind of go back and forth trying to figure out trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this team. So I came across a segment uh, this morning of him from his show, the Marcellus Wiley Show, where he was discussing. Um, you know, the idea of James Harden coming off the bench as he, w- as he was reacting to a Stephen A. Smith clip. But then as he was talking, he revealed that he actually met or ran into <clears throat> or had an encounter with an NBA executive. And this executive was basically... You know, revealing to him the reasons why he believes that this thing will absolutely not work. But before we even get into Marcellus Wiley's uh you know comments, this video is brought to you by our sponsor, Factor Meals. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store pick out fresh ingredients and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes. Then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy so for example this week i think i'm going to go with the italian herb chicken what i love is that under every single meal you can see if it's a calorie conscious option for example this meal i just chose is the dietitian approved calorie smart meal which is around 550 calories or less per serving and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you want to give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember when you try factor meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Marcellus Wally had to say about his conversation with this NBA executive, and then we want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Marcellus had to say here.
1: I told you I saw an NBA executive. Damn, I wish I could say his name, but I don't want no smoke. (laughs) But he for real. We were talking about James Harden. He said, this, he said, that was stupid. Everything's out of whack. Uh, Westbrook was playing hard, playing well. Got his confidence back. But he needs the ball now. You can't have that. Paul George, trust him, but now the turnovers—he's out. Of, he's out of place a little bit. But Paul George a beast. Kawhi beast. We know it all, all day, always. But Kawhi, for the level of superstar he is, will allow you enough rope to hang yourself with. And if you think about other superstars of his ilk. El- they don't give you that much rope. <laughs> they don't give a damn how good you are. Look, to the point where Kobe and Shaq broke the rope. Like, like I ain't give you nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just go through all the dynamic. One of us is going to be the alpha. That means you, I know you're an alpha everywhere else, but right here, you're a beta, right? They just make it clear. Like in the jungle, like in the wild, right? You just see it. it is. Make it real clear who running this show and Kawhi will allow somebody to try to figure it out. Now, I respect his basketball IQ, and on some levels that is necessary. Let's figure this out as we let you figure you out with us. James Harden, you gotta play yourself into shape. James Harden, you gotta see how you integrate with us. Uh, Ty Lu's already come out on record saying, I'm trying to give every guy their own unit. I don't like how that sounds. I don't like how that plays, because that's not maximizing the talent we have. If everybody gets a slice of it, I'm like, where's the whole loaf? Like, if you got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi, and PG, you trying to tell me not all four of those can't work together at some stretch of the time of the game? They can't play together? Do you know how much you would get in production if you could effectively and efficiently make those four pieces integrate? That's the problem.
0: (laughs) So you heard what Marcellus Wiley had to say that this executive um, was even questioning why the Clippers went ahead and made this decision. Listen, um, I think that it was clear to everyone that this thing would have some issues, this particular trade, but the only person uh, or the only people that wasn't clear to were the people within the organization. I don't want to believe that... All of the decision makers within the Clippers organization were okay with this. I don't want to believe that because the Clippers were the same team that went out, they went out there and picked up Russell Westbrook, a player that was deemed to be you know um, um, damaged goods. He wasn't he wasn't going to be good anymore after his stint with the Los Angeles Lakers, and he really seemed to be a significant boost to what the Clippers were doing. They were the same team that went out there and brought Russell Westbrook into the fold. So to me, it is baffling that. This is the same team that then went ahead to bring on James Harden. And I think that we need to try to get to the bottom of who made this recommendation. Was it the players making the recommendation? Was it the, you know, the executives and the players? Or was it just the executives? We need to figure this out. Because when you have such a situation that is deteriorating so fast, there needs to be responsibility uh, for making such a bad decision. In the case of the, of the Lakers, when they went out there and got Russell Westbrook, and they saw that it wasn't working, people were trying to hold the coach accountable, uh, which they did. And Frank Vogel, they tried to hold Russell Westbrook accountable, and they were trying to hold various executives, maybe like Rob Palink. In the case of the Clippers, they've just been able to escape through. And, and 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 by they, I'm talking about the decision makers, who this who thought that this would be a good idea. To me, I just don't. What I want to know is what did they see that we didn't see. If you follow some of the interviews, the post-game interviews, pre-game interviews of Ty Lue, you can see that Ty Lue really seems to be under some serious pressure. You even have him out there cursing now at various interviews. It's not an easy situation. And to me, I don't know why the Clippers would then put themselves in a situation where they now have to struggle to find their chemistry on offense. I don't understand why they did that. I was recently listening to a report from Brian Winhorst from ESPN where he said at one point, in, I think in the first five games of the season, the Clippers had the most efficient or most effective, excuse me, three-man lineup of Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Was that data not available to them? Why would you go and mess that up and bring in such a huge variable in James Harden? For me, the reason why I'm upset at this trade is, number one, I feel like the Clippers didn't need it, number one. Number two, by bringing in James Harden, they gave away a lot of their defense and their versatility by giving up Nicholas Batum, by, by giving up Robert Covington. These are both 3 and D guys that could play various positions, especially that four spot. So by now going to the small ball lineup, you're forcing players like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to play bigger players like Nikola Jokic. And you now have this scenario in which tyloo now has to juggle the major personalities where it's you know when it comes down to closing moments in the game you're like okay do i bring out russell westbrook do i bring out James? these are not just regular role players you're talking about hall of fame caliber players so it's not the same thing as benching in a vitsa zubak or benching in a nicholas batum you're benching a russell westbrook there's going to be storylines you're benching a james harden there's going to be storylines and even if they do decide to bring uh james harden off the bench Is James Harden going to be okay not closing? To me, this is a problem that the Clippers could have just avoided altogether. They could have avoided it. But for whatever reason, they thought it would be a great idea to bring in James Harden. And now they're trying to turn James Harden into a spot-up catch-and-shoot guy. When we all know James Harden, for him to be effective, he needs to have the ball in his hand. And now you're trying to turn him into a spot-up shooter. Why would you do this? You couldn't get other serviceable players out there to perform that exact same role with with less drama? You already had that in Robert Covington and Nicholas Batum. So why give that up? To me, I think the entire thing is a mess, and I think the Clippers need to make a change. Ultimately, what I think will happen is, is in the next game, you can expect James Harden to start. You can expect it because the clippers don't want to throw in the towel on this trade that they already know is bad you can expect them to start the 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 frustration will continue and to me my biggest fear is is if they start winning one or two games there's going to be some false hope that's my issue I, i i i do not support this trade whatsoever i don't even think marcellus wally does now, if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment let me get into this conversation here this is going to be a nuanced one uh it's going to be a nuanced conversation and, and the further we get into this topic you're going to understand why i'm saying that so what happened uh this morning <coughs> excuse me uh i came across an article from uh, what is it? Yahoo Sports. And it had a headline that really caught my attention. The headline said the following NFL reporter Carissa Thompson admits she used to make up fake sideline reports. And I was like, wait, what? An NFL reporter is actually publicly uh admitting this this is a pretty 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 serious story because you know in the media i mean it's all about stories and what you report and the sources right so as i started to read through the article um i started to read through it and i came across her actual quotes where she was publicly admitting it uh and saw no problem with it so that's really what we want to focus on today but before we even get into this article this video is brought to you by by our sponsor factor meals if you're like me or anybody that works at dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very very busy person especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store pick out fresh ingredients and come back home and cook healthy delicious meals sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that which isn't really ideal and this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with factor meals factor meals is america's number one ready to eat meal kit you can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by factor meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So, for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you want to give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com/dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off and remember when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So let me get into what this article had to say. continues on to say, Fox Sports and Amazon Prime uh, host Carissa Thompson used to be a silent reporter for NFL games, but she admitted that not everything she reported was true. Speaking on the Pardon My My Take podcast, Thompson talked about her experience as a silent reporter and uh, and the conversations they have with coaches and players primarily just before or right after halftime. Typically, before the game starts, the silent reporter will give any details coaches told them, but she but she sometimes made up what uh, they say. I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again, Thompson said. I would make up the report sometimes because a coach, the coach wouldn't come out uh, at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. She then explained there was no harm in anything she would uh, say to audiences. No coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over and do and do a better job of getting off the field. She continued like they're not going to correct me on that. I'm like, it's fine. I'll just make up the report. Criticism of Carissa Thompson. Several reports criticized Thompson's admission of giving fake reports with the people with people saying it hurts the credibility of the job and trust with coaches. Young reporters. Uh, This is not normal or ethical, ESPN reporter Molly McGrath said. Coaches and players trust us with sensitive information, and if they know that you're dishonest and don't take your role seriously, you've lost trust and credibility. A good portion of the public doesn't trust the media, the athletic reporter Chris Krishner said. I cannot believe she would proudly admit this. This causes significant harm to the people who actually take the job seriously. It's entirely unethical and worthy of never working in the field again. What a bad look for the job at hand. Former U.S. soccer star, Apple TV, MLS host Taylor Twillman said, Sideline reporters who put in the work and hustle for gaining the respect of subjects at hand don't deserve this narrative. If you lie, you hurt all of those in the profession and those coming after you week carissa thompson's past uh, admission of fake reports like thompson said during the appearance on part of my take this isn't the first time the thursday night football host has said she made up reports as a sideline reporter in her calm down podcast in 2022 thompson told fox sports Aaron andrews she would make up silent reports something andrews also said he had done for a coach that i didn't want to throw under the bus and then the article goes on to say a few other things that's a very very serious admission and i want to get into a robust conversation around this today why am i saying this um because as someone that's in the media some people may not feel that but uh, i believe we are and we have people that come to our channel every day to hear news we produce shows uh, six days a week um you're going to come across a lot of information sometimes you're going to come across this information uh you know from articles Sometimes you're going to come across his information from tweets. Sometimes you're going to come across his information via the videos themselves. Where, we, for example, uh, Marcellus Wiley says X, and we're talking about what he said. Uh, chances are we're going to play the audio of what he said, so that is a direct source. So, on such and such person said that, and then we're going to and then and then we're going to react to what he said in terms of him giving his opinion on something. Now. If, for example, we play an audio of, let's say, Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless is talking about something he heard or a conversation he had with someone that he didn't report, then we can consider that a secondhand source. But people like us, who are not plugged in directly into these sports industries, I don't know agents, I don't know these guys. You're taking their word at face value and believing that it is true. Now, recently we produced a show. Was it a show or live? I think it was a show. I don't remember. Around some comments that uh, were made on Stephen A. Smith's podcast as it pertained to LeBron James. Because you know LeBron with the drama. LeBron had some drama a few weeks ago. I'll say about a week or so ago. But anyway, he was on this show and he was talking about um you know lebron and d wade and all of these things and then he he was talking about the miami heat with the comments lebron made about the miami heat and then he brought up the point about how people were surprised that lebron didn't attend uh kobe bryant's funeral now prior to that i had never published a show on this kobe passed in 2020 i never did like it wasn't even on my radar uh you know to produce a show like that i never did but when stephen a smith said it uh it then made me to think And then I said, well, why didn't you show up? Then what happened? Some people now came out and said, well, wait a minute. Stephen A. Smith got it wrong. Because other reports are saying that LeBron did attend. And then it created this kind of back and forth where some people are saying Stephen A. Smith got it wrong. LeBron did attend. So what Stephen A. Smith was saying, he wasn't a trustworthy source. And other people were saying, no, I got it from this source. I got it from that source. The point I'm making is this. Sometimes the information that you get can be um, uh, uh, verified And other times you just have to trust what the person is saying. In the case of what this young lady is saying, let me get her name. Uh, Let me get her name. Oh, goodness. I uh, let me let me get the name here. I think I close out the article. Let me get uh, uh, Carissa Thompson. People listening to her are going to trust the fact that even given the fact that she's on TV, that she knows these coaches and all of these players, that whatever she says is true. And now what we're beginning to find out is that sometimes it's not true. What I am here to say is, you can never be 100% right all the time. That would be a foolish notion to carry with you. Because now you have to say, whenever I say this, or whenever I report on this, is true. When really you're just reporting on something somebody else uh, reported on. Uh, uh, unless you yourself were there. And sometimes you find yourself you know caught up in these type of things some people are like oh put out an apology video for what lebron's uh, the lebron thing i don't even know what's true or not stephen a Smith said i trust stephen a smith because he's an insider and other people are saying other things i don't know because now if i start saying that oh uh uh, uh stephen a smith was wrong well how do i know he's wrong i'm not 100 percent sure and i don't want to get into the back and forth if i was wrong then i apologize for it if i'm not then i'm not because sometimes you're going to get it right, you're going to get it wrong. Even the people uh, asking me to do that have also gotten it wrong. So that's why I don't understand what all of this virtue signaling is about. Because then we can now start going through all of the content you yourself have produced and realize that hmm, maybe 100% of what you produce over time is not 100% factual. So some people need to relax, especially content creators. because they're taking a little bit too far to acting like as if um, they're these virtuous individuals, which is crazy to me because you see us do a live and we have our audience and you see them copy and pasting the name of their channels in our in our live chats so people go over to them like what are we talking is that ethical why are you trying to ride somebody else's wave anyway so um this is a pretty big admission i'm not surprised that people within her industry uh push back on her because they want to sustain uh you know the integrity and the integrity of what they're doing uh but to me i guess this is something that happens from time to time right am i surprised by it yes but i'm not shocked right i'm not shocked what's shocking is that she's admitting it publicly now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment let me get into this topic so yesterday we did uh we produced a bunch of shows around this draymond green incident uh that took place between himself and uh i forgot the team that they were playing um i forgot was it the sacramento king i don't remember the team that they were playing but anyway. Um, there was an incident that no, no, no. It was at the Minnesota Timberwolves. So there was this incident where Clay, Clay Thompson got into a tussle with one of the with one of the Wolves, and then um, Rudy Gobert, based on what I saw, tried to be a peacemaker, and he was in a mele- in, in a melee. Like it was in, it was a bunch of players, people shoving each other. And he, I think he tried to remove Clay Thompson, and then Draymond Green comes out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere. He runs down the court, and he jumps on this dude's back. And starts choking him, and as he's choking him, he's dragging him across the court, like like. And I'm like, what 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 type of bozo behavior is this? Like what are we like what are we doing? Like what exactly are we doing? So he did that, and so of course, some people defended it because they always love to see some BS and some nonsense. So they love like yeah yeah yeah. I mean, come on, let's see it, let's see it, let's see it. So they did that, and then what happened? The NBA then made uh, its decision. To suspend Draymond Green for five games, I believe without pay, and I think he's going to lose upwards of seven hundred thousand dollars for those games uh, missed. Right now, initially when that happened, uh, head coach Steve Kerr seemed to be coming to the defense of Draymond Green, which to me was baffling, because I'm like, how can you defend this? Like, what 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 are you defending right now? This is what you. This is how you support your teammate by choking out another. Like, what what are you talking about? what are you talking about so he first started defending then what happened this morning i woke up and i came across a clip from i believe house of highlights where they were they asked steve Kerr to kind of weigh in on the decision that the nba made in terms of suspending draymond green for five games and to my surprise he totally changed his tune and he pretty much ripped draymond green for going out there and performing such a dangerous, reckless act. So for those of you who didn't hear what Steve Kerr had to say, want to play exactly what Steve Kerr had to say, and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what head coach Steve Kerr had to say.
2: What, what is, we haven't spoken with you since Draymond was officially mm-hmm. suspended. Just your reaction on that. And when we last talked to you, you said, looks like Fruity had, you know, yeah. Clay Draymond yeah. was defending clay, but seeing the tape back, seeing everything, do you think that Draymond took it a little bit too far?
3: Yes, he definitely took it too far. Um I didn't have a problem with him getting Rudy off of Clay because you know the rule of thumb is you don't put your hands on another uh, player on the other team. You you take you you get your own guy and so I thought Rudy was wrong for putting his arms on Clay regardless of his uh, intentions. Um so I had no problem with Raymond getting him off of him, but he's got to let go and he hung on for 6 7 seconds and uh It was a terrible uh, visual for the league, for Draymond, for everybody. So Draymond was wrong. Um, He knows that. Um, It's a bad look. The the five games is deserved. And, um, you know, we move forward.
2: A quick follow-up to that, too, because Draymond's – Fire and and passion. You've talked about it. We Mm -hmm. all know how important that is to this team and what you guys have accomplished. But the league has also said, you know, in this statement and then also back in that Kings uh, series when he was suspended, like his past actions continue to play a role Mm -hmm. in these decisions. So, how do you, how does he, the organization, navigate? those types of things and making sure this doesn't continue to happen
3: that's a great question and it's um something we are working hard on behind the scenes um draymond has to find a way to not cross the line um and i'm not talking about you know getting an ejection and getting a technical i'm talking about um, you know a physical act of of violence i mean that's um, Inexcusable, and and um, so we have to do everything we can uh, to to give him the help and the assistance that he needs to be able to uh, to draw that distinction between being you know an incredible competitor, um, which he's always been. That's why he's in the position he is. That's why he's the player he is. Um, but he can't cross that line, and um, he, he crossed it the other night for sure.
4: Hey, Coach, on on Draymond, sometimes you see coaches and they they say things in interviews that may be received by the media, by people that may be inappropriately said, right? But then you turn around and that pushes their guys to come out in a game and it really motivates them to play really hard and come out on top. When you think about Draymond and how he's a strategic player just initially and the player that he is, what is that balance of not going too far when you think about the fact that you can't – you know neglect the fact that Pajemski had a big game and a lot of those plays probably were pushed by the crowd pushing them so how what is that that mark that's you don't go over that line, but you still motivate your team to play hard when you make strategic plays and do things that may not be received well from everybody outside of the hardwood. You're talking about
3: my, what my comments would be
4: in that regard? Or what, what do you mean? So when it comes to Draymond and how he helps to, you know, motivate, to motivate the guys. motivate the
3: crowd, motivate mm-hmm. the team. And the
4: team to play hard. Sometimes it comes behind plays that right. can be received as inappropriate. What yeah. is the line that where Draymond can remain Draymond but not go so far to the point where it hurts the team? Uh,
3: the line was perfectly in view the other night. He crossed the line and as soon as he um, grabbed Rudy by the neck. Um, that crossed the line. So, um, you know, the, the, the line is uh, when, you know, you're, you're not going to be there for the next five games for your teammates in a, at a time when, um, you know, they need you. Um, that, you know, understanding the repercussions of, of the actions, understanding the impact on, on the team, understanding the, the visual, um, know I know Draymond and, and he's, he's a wonderful human being. He's filled with passion and, and love and, and respect for his teammates. Um, but that is a bad look. Right. That is a that's a bad look. He knows that. And he's he's embarrassed by that. Um, And so that's the line. That's
0: where the line is. So you heard what Warriors head coach Steve Kerr had to say. Now, before I even get into that and react to it, I came across an article this morning uh, from, I think, NBA Central's Twitter page that linked a Fadeaway article. And I'm going to read it. It says, Doctor explains why Draymond Green's chokehold on Rudy Gobert was violent and terrifying. Draymond Green's chokehold on Rudy Gobert has been dominating the headlines since Tuesday night, and now Brian, and, and now Dr. Brian uh, Sutter, MD, has explained why Green's act was incredibly terrifying. I will say one of the most concerning things, honestly, about the, this whole experience was how Draymond initially went in just with his forearm on the front, striking the front part of Gobert's throat, Sutter, uh, Sutter said. When you look at our bio-digital tool here, that can result in a lot of trauma to the uh, larynx or to the trachea even the hoid hyoid bone of explain that there is little protection in that area and that athletes can be uh, can be out for a significant period of time when struck there so the first moment where draymond just comes in and his forearm hits hit square in the front of adam's apple uh, in that adam's apple in that larynx And it itself and of itself can result in some direct trauma fracture to these uh, structures in the front of the neck, Sutter stated. While all of this would have been bad enough, Sutter explained why this type of chokehold that Green used was so concerning. The next part of this then that's really terrifying and just awful to watch is how Draymond just basically tries to drag O'Bear by the neck. So he's got his arms up and his neck is here. We'll talk about all these different chokehold positions, but he just proceeds to drag Colbert like a large human by his neck, something that in itself adds to the danger of what is being done here. He then finally said, if you hold pressure long enough and hard enough, you're going to compromise the blood flow to the brain. Sutter said, whenever the brain has impaired blood flow, eventually the response sort of down the line effect is to lose consciousness. You lose consciousness and you pass out. So that's what the doctor had to say. Now, let me, let, me, let me get back to what Steve Kerr had to say. First of all, thank you, Steve Kerr, for keeping it 100. Do you know why Steve Kerr was looking ridiculous for defending Draymond Green the other day? Let me tell you why. Because if that act was performed to his player, there's no way in God's green earth that Steve Kerr would have defended that. He would have said, said that's Bush League, that's a savage move, and it has no place in basketball. So for the simple fact that you're defending your player, when he went out there and did some move that is not a basketball move. Maybe he got it confused with the MMA or something else. It was laughable that Steve Kerr was defending that. It really, really was. I couldn't believe he was defending uh, such a move. That's the first thing. Secondly, was that a smart move by, D- by Draymond Gray? Let's Let's use our brains for a second. Was that smart? Was it smart? Was it worth losing $700,000 and missing five games? When your team is already going through a slide when they're when they already look was that really smart was that why no one will argue that that was the wise thing to do now i understand some of us have challenges with our tempers i used to well i do sometimes right because uh, you know, people do things that frustrate you, especially in Nigeria. People do things that really, really frustrate you. And I lose my temper. But a lot of the times it's like when I'm driving, like it's usually like under like these road rage uh, incidents. The most I'll do is like flare up, get angry, maybe say some things. But for me to now take it to the physical level, that means I've lost total control. And the minute you take it to the physical level, anything can happen. That's why that should be a last resort. There were 101 ways to defuse that melee, and choking out Rudy Gobert and grabbing him was not one of them, number one. Number two, the act that Rudy Gobert performed on the court, was he trying to be a peacemaker or was he trying to escalate the incident? I think he was trying to separate the players. Draymond was trying to escalate that situation. That's what he was trying to do. And to me, there's nothing gully or tough about running up behind somebody when they cannot see you and then throwing them in a chokehold. That is such sucker bozo behavior. You can't walk out of that with your chest puffing up like I did. You didn't do a damn thing. Sucker punching people when they're not expecting it. Going at people when they don't know you. That's nothing because those people are not ready for you. In most cases, those people that want to do those type of stuff, when you're when it's a face-to-face confrontation where there's no element of surprise, they usually get their asses whooped. That's why they resort to sucker punching people or trying to intimidate you before the moment starts. Yes, I've seen it. Most people that can't fight or they don't really want to fight, they'll try to intimidate you before that happens. So the minute they intimidate you, you get scared. All of a sudden, now they, they'll start hitting you because they know they're not, they're not going to hit you back. You're not going to hit them. But the minute... You meet that aggression with that aggression from the start. It they it usually ever goes the way that they think is gonna go, and for me to run behind the player and then throw him into a chokehold, that's ridiculous. and what people were supporting. I'm like, yo, what is going on? What, what 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 are we doing? What are we doing? You're choking the guy and you're dragging him across the court. Why are you doing this? Why are you and for what? I think I think it had nothing to do with defending his team, and I think it had everything to do with Draymond just losing control. He lost control. There's no way you can tell me that Draymond did that with everything there. Because if that's what you're going to do, you don't do that. You don't do that. Now, some people, I brought up the incident with Carmelo Anthony. Some people saying, oh, Carmelo Anthony's friends with Chris Paul and all of that stuff. All I know is that Carmelo... What if the person that came to separate when when, uh, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo had that incident, what if the person that came to separate that incident did not know that Carmelo Anthony... And Chris Paul were homeboys. And somebody just runs up behind Carmelo Anthony and starts choking him. What do you think is going to happen when Carmelo Anthony gets let loose? Or what if his other teammates then throws a punch at him? Patrick Beverly was saying, yo, Cat, why you ain't doing nothing? Well, if Kat, if Carl if, if, uh, uh, if Anthony Towns did something and he put his arm around his neck, does that escalate or de-escalate the situation? So what do y'all want to see? What y'all want to see? If these dudes are so starving for action, again, go watch an action movie or go sign up for the Army. Go to the U.S. Army, go sign up, and you'll get all the action that you want. Literally. They will put you on a plane, they will send you out somewhere, and you will get all the action you're looking for. Most people are not going to do that. So to me, I, I was not feeling it, and I'm happy that Steve Kirk came out there and corrected. That was some BS. I'm not supporting it. I don't think it's cool. Draymond, stay doing sucker moves kicking people in their private parts is a soccer move and you're constantly doing it. Look at what happened to uh uh DeMontis Sabonis. When he fell down on the floor, Dr- the guy falls, Draymond loses his balance, and then he purposely steps on the guy's ribs. And then acts like he doesn't know what's going on. He steps on the guy's ribs and then starts running and then he's like I don't know what's going on until somebody snuffs J- uh, Draymond then he will know. That's what will happen. Until somebody gives him a a rocks his jaw really, really hard, then he will know. Draymond be picking and choosing these people he does it to. I saw Marcus Morris Sr. when he was on the Clippers. Draymond was doing his antics. Marcus Morris Sr. said enough is enough. He flung him to the ground, stood over him. Draymond stood up and started talking. There was no, I'm busting through the crowd. There was none of that. It was just talking and clapping. Clap, 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 cause he knew if he went to Marcus Moore senior, he he would have got rocked. He knew that. He knew that. Them boys from Philly ain't playing with you, so he just kept them moving. That's what happened. I don't like people that pick and choose. If you're gonna keep it gully, keep it gully with everybody. Don't be picking and choosing, jumping behind some dude and choking him, and you felt like you did. I, to me, that's just yo. I'm not. Some people love drink. I don't. I'm not with it. I'm sorry. I'm not with it. I'm not with the antics and all of that. That's just cornball behavior thank you for listening to today's show and don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on itunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms